Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Venus and Mars podcast. This is your host, Anya Schacht. And today we're getting real. So excited to have my sister, Magalie Renee, back for a second episode, part two, if you will. And Magalie's incredible. She's a compassion and confidence expert. She's the CEO of Workplace Catalyst, and she's a huge transformational coach. She applies a unique blend of growth mindset and business and marketing strategy. She supports so many leaders. She's worked with Fortune 500 companies from Ford Foundation to the Publicist Group, and she's been featured in so many publications, including Good Morning America, Forbes, Cosmopolitan Magazine. And she is here with us to speak on all things femininity. Magali, hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here because this is a topic that I'm learning about myself. And as I learn, I love to share. It's kind of what I'm here to do. And uh, I love to pass on the wisdom, whatever wisdom comes through to me, uh, that I gain some blessings in my life and that I give them to other people. And um, I do think there's a big healing occurring right now between the masculine and the feminine. Uh, And I want to preface all of this by saying both of those things live in all of us. So both of those energies live in both in, in all of us. And so you may identify with one or the other or neither. Uh, no judgment here, right? Judgment-free zone. And uh, I am, yeah, very excited to talk about this for sure. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Such a great intro. Yes. Um, I loved when you called me and we discussed this on the phone prior to this conversation. And what became really apparent to us both was that femininity has become kind of a buzzword in our culture. If you think about king, queen, god, goddess, feminine, masculine, and it spins all around and around. And and sometimes we forget the deeper meaning of what these words actually mean and what's behind them. And so femininity is something that I will be the first to say I didn't really understand until recently. Like I thought I did, but I didn't. So I'm excited for everyone listening to really get that we're going to kind of take it into the depths of what this is, as opposed to staying surface level and thinking about it in that way. So my first question to you is, what did you think it was? And what do you know that it is now? Yes, that's such a good question. So what did I think it was? I thought I was a definition of feminine, honey, the definition. Right. Because I am not a sports. I'm not good at sports. I could be, I would duck like in volleyball. I would duck so that the ball wouldn't hit me. I am like the girliest girl. Right. I love getting my nails done and makeup and shopping and all of the things that are stereotypically feminine. And I've always really like loved that about myself. So I thought I had that in the bag, like I had femininity on lock, as they would say. For sure. But yeah, no, definitely not. I think in order to share how I see femininity now, I want to uh, explain what I realize that it isn't. So society kind of has conditioned us. It's definitely conditioned me to be a boss, which I think is a beautiful, amazing, empowering way to be in this world as a woman and honestly as any person, right? But femininity is actually the ability to move from actionable, like direct action, uh, focused focused action, single-pointed, driven action, movement that's very one-dimensional and directional, problem-solving, intellectualizing, all of those things live in me as a woman, certainly. But that's not where I access my femininity. Femininity is actually the power of the ocean, right? The power of the river. The river diminishes boulders. It will have a boulder over time, become nothing, right? Mm -hmm. That's how powerful femininity is. But it isn't an arrow that's being pointed and is going to shoot. That's masculine. And I'm in my masculine when I'm working and we can go into where those two different polarities or different energies kind of live. But femininity, as I understand it now, is my ability to be, is my ability to just rest in my 
in my beingness, in my peace, in my grace, for lack of a better word. I'm going to use a lot of adjectives here so that whatever resonates for you resonates for you. But um, femininity is the ability to, to flow and create. And we create in a completely different way um, as women than men do largely, right? I, again, we already kind of gave the caveat, this is going to live for you how, how it does. Uh, but for me, very different than a man and being able to finally understand those differences from an evolutionary perspective has allowed me to be able to rest. And we can talk about health and how those things have shown up. It's also, um, it's beginning to teach me how to relate to men in relationship in a totally different and way more effective way. Mm, that is juicy. I can't wait to get into that. Yeah, there was a lot there. There was a lot there. I didn't know how to answer that in a short way. <laughs> that was so beautiful, you know, and I, it um, sparked something in me that will kind of maybe will serve as a nice little setup. So when you talked about single focus and very pointed awareness, let's, you know, get the arrow into the target and bring, you know, the prize home. It made me think of tribes and ancient tribal societies and hunter gatherers. If we think about the men and the hunters going out and bringing back the game and protecting the tribe, that's really a small portion of what the tribe consists of. The rest of the tribe is what is the emotional, is what's nurtured, is, you know, the feminine being able to understand, oh, which medicines we need to use to heal which wounds. So there's this whole other element of, I guess, a happy, connected group of people that I think is not possible unless the feminine is present. Yeah, you know, I feel like the feminine is, I'm learning that the feminine is a guide. The feminine is the emotional compass. And also, yeah, to your point, the nurturers, we keep it all kind of afloat, right? In, in yep. so many ways, but we don't need to burn out in order to do that. And I personally know that it was the doing and the doing and the doing and not understanding how valuable the being is and how that can move mountains and that can direct the society that can actually direct the tribe mm -hmm. that can guide and nurture the tribe and grow the tribe. But it's not from the doing and doing and doing and controlling, right? It's from this way more grounded place. That's just so beautiful. Let's talk about some of the pillars, you know, that represent femininity. I know that there are a couple that I'm thinking of in my mind. And when you talk about the being versus the doing right, right away, it has me think about receiving, like receiving from men. What does that mean to you? And how are you thinking about that? This is a two-parter again, because I hear receiving and receiving is the feminine and penetrating is the masculine, right? The forward penetrating energy, movement, choices, decisions, yeah. that's so masculine. And the receiving, allowing, uh, accepting, choosing, right? And the choosing can be accepting or not accepting. Mm. Uh, but receiving is, how do I think about it? I think we need practice. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I don't I don't know that I ever growing up or even in my my formative like adolescent years or early adulthood understood what receiving was because I didn't see that mirrored for me. Um, my parental unit, right? Like my mom was always overdoing. She was the one doing so many things. And she actually had a very hard time receiving, even from me, even from her kids. You know, she would have a hard time not only receiving, but also asking. And I think that comes from a place of being afraid to be rejected. I know for me, when I've not wanted to ask for what I need, it's because I'm so afraid I'm going to be rejected. And again, this could be sounding really relevant for men that are listening, too, because we all, again, have masculine and feminine. But receiving is, is an opportunity to be served, 
to be supported, to be loved. And it's one of the foundational feminine energies. And if we can't receive, which me personally, I was unable to receive for so long um, because again, fear of rejection and other things had me wanting to control the outcome. So fear of rejection, fear of the unknown, I want to control the outcome. And when we're in that state, then we're not in a position, we're not available to receive all of the blessings and the support that's waiting for us literally around every corner yeah. which leads me to the men thing but did you want to ask another question or jump in before i before yeah, i get yeah no that's so good it just has me everything you're saying has me think about proving energy i need to prove myself to you i need to prove myself that i'm good enough i need to prove myself at every moment of the day and if i have to prove myself there's no way anything is coming in. And that probably leads right up to the man conversation. Yeah, I love it. That's so great because I, I said fear of rejection, uh, fear of the unknown. And also both of those kind of fall right into the not enough conversation. And if you, we talked about this in our first podcast episode uh, discussing daddy issues. If you have any of these conversations, that not enoughness, definitely very easily turns into pick me, pick me, choose me. Um, I got to prove myself to everyone in every situation. This could be happening at work. This could be happening in your friendships, but most certainly it's going to show up in your romantic relationships. Right. And the overdoing, the over nurturing, the over calling and initiating and doing and doing and doing because you need to prove that you're the right one or you're good enough. Um, and in all of that, what we're actually doing is blocking. It's like, we've got a stop sign up to every guy that wants to give us everything we've ever wanted. Ooh. Literally, it's a stop sign. <laughs> it's like, Absolutely. I got this, Absolutely. don't come near me. <laughs> and all that can get in in those moments are the breadcrumbs from the people that are not available to give you anything. And or repelling, right? So the breadcrumbs are people that know, that can almost sense on a on a subtle level, an energetic level maybe, uh, that you have issues and wounds. So their issues and wounds are drawn to you. Yep. And you're just the kind of person that's going to be in the energy of breadcrumbing because you're so busy doing and trying to prove that you deserve something that any kind of sign of approval is like, mm. yes, mm. yes. He gave me attention. Yes. Oh, right. Girl. Yeah. My whole life. Like, let me hit us with like a macro observation that I've been seeing. So I learned from a psychologist that the inner confidence is given to us by femininity, by our mothers usually. So that's like your soul is great. Your feelings matter. Your insides are great. Our external confidence is given to us by our masculine energy. That's like, you're good enough. You do things well. I approve of you. And when we don't have a masculine presence to approve of us, then we are, we are in a void of that external confidence. And so on a collective level, we are all mourning. We're, we're, we're missing him. We, we, since the industrial revolution, he's been gone. He's been away from us. He's been unavailable emotionally. In 1965, like the average American man had 40 hours extra a week. By 1990, that number was 17. That's fascinating. I did not know that. And it's really much easier to be mad at him than it is to admit that we miss him and I'd say that to me is like this, this masculine wound on a collective kind of level in the West. And so we're proving and proving and proving all of us, men, women, we're just dying for dad's approval for about a hundred years. Yeah. I think that's, that's really interesting. And then I think about how that plays, how that boils down to the day to day. Right. And when your uh, husband comes home or your partner comes home, whoever's kind of maybe maybe has the majority of the masculine energy or when we both come home, how about that? Mm -hmm. When both partners come home, we're both in our masculine. Totally. And what is required in order to shift 
and balance the energies to balance what happens in the home, right? Who gets to shift? I know that my adrenals get to shift. <laughs> yeah. That's my stress levels and how they affect, you know, as women, how they affect our hormones. Definitely. We get to shift into our feminine. And part of that is, is allowing, is allowing space and giving ourselves. So you asked me earlier, you know, what, what does femininity mean to me? I'm like, I like stutter over that. It's so funny. It's Freudian slip that I can't even say it. How about that? (laughs) But, um, what it means to me is coming back to loving myself and coming back to my emotions. And again, the water, that water analogy is perfect because we hold so much emotion as women. We all do, but in particular as women, that is actually our area of, I don't want to say expertise, but that's one of the predominant ways that we operate as women is in our emotions, just based on our cycles every month. Yep. Just based off of that. And so with that being said, it's really acknowledging that what I, what I'm looking for, that external piece, I'm looking for him to fill for me. Mm-hmm. I've got to fill that for myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and bring myself back to a place of neutrality and wholeness mm-hmm. and, and restedness and peace in my own heart. So I can show up and be with him in a way that's available for receiving, right. And is not clawing, isn't needing, isn't obsessing, isn't give me, give me, give me. Ooh, that leads to, I think one of the most important pillars of femininity, which is confidence. You ask any man, what is the sexiest thing about a woman? Confidence every single time. It's not how she looks. It's not what she does. It's none of that. It's straight internal confidence that she exudes. This is perfect because I'm a confidence and compassion expert, right? So the work that I've been doing in my business, but also all of my life has been around learning how to cultivate my confidence in the face of so many adversities, right? And in the face of a world where for whatever reason, I've felt a lack of confidence or I've experienced that. And what I am learning since I'm like so excited, ah, I'm beaming y'all. But so like what I am learning since doing this deeper work around femininity is how it supercharges, it supercharges your confidence. It supercharges my confidence. So mm-hmm. femininity supercharges confidence. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable because I used to think confidence was something I needed to work really hard to do. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that if you've lacked confidence in your life, that you're not going to need to put effort forth to change that, right? And to upgrade your level and to like build your muscles, build your confidence muscles. You are. And it got all kinds of tools um, that we've been sharing online, et cetera, and in, in these workshops around how to do that. But femininity and tapping into that has made that so much easier. Now, when I go out, I could be anywhere doing anything. It's there's such an ease in that like sense of self-worth and confidence. It kind of comes through my pores and it only does that because I'm sitting in my feminine. And what that means is I've done the deep work of nurturing myself, loving myself, working through whatever stories, limiting beliefs, et cetera, et cetera, that tell me something different. And I've released, well, let's be real, releasing, right? Mm-hmm. Little by little, yes. releasing the need to control, the need to have this way or the highway, the need to force. And I know we're going to go into boundaries, but part of it is boundaries. I have so many unspoken boundaries now. Mm-hmm. You don't need to say all the things that you are not having, right? Yeah. I'm, not having, I'm not having that. I used to do a lot of talking. A lot of talking around my boundaries. But the truth is they were constantly being transgressed upon because they weren't real inside of me. And Mm -hmm. a big part of confidence comes from knowing your boundaries 
internally being in your boundaries such that you don't even need to say a word. You can look over at someone and they will know what you said. And it's a thousand times louder than if you spoke. That's confidence. And that's femininity. And with a feminine, you don't even need to speak, right? So powerful. It is so powerful. And it just brings me to feeling like maybe sometime along the way, industrialization, maybe in the West, as we even became agricultural, sweeping generalizations across history, but women losing their intuition, their sensibility, intuition. Yeah, like losing the the connection to the land, losing the power that was women healing people, like truly women being the kind of oracles of each community. So maybe that is something that I think on a collective level, we're all really struggling with our intuition. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think quiet time is something men and women equally need. Yes. I feel like we need it for different reasons. Yes. For all, we both need it to restore, right? These two energies, again, not genders. I'm not speaking about gender, I'm speaking about energies. These two energies, we both need the restoration of quiet time, but men often need their quiet time or their time with other men in order to process their emotions. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes quiet time for them is movement. And it's in order to process their emotions and their thoughts, right? And to integrate everything. Cause we're making requests. Like we're supposed to be asking on a regular basis. Yes. Like, this is what I need. This is what I need. This is what I need. Cause he gets to problem solve. And if he's problem solving, he's got to think about, well, how am I going to problem solve? <laughs> yes. That's what men are doing off in there, in their corner. And what are, what am I doing? What are, what are women doing? And what's working for me is taking that quiet time to be at peace with myself, to find my, my inner voice or the places where I connect with God. And there's so much available when I do that because through meditation and journaling, that's what it is for me. Sometimes it's literally, I'll lay on the floor and stare up out the window at the sky. Mm. Like I've had my, my boyfriend come in and be like, what are you doing right now? Like, why are you laying on the ground? Are you just staring out the window? I'm like, that's literally what I'm doing. And I'm doing it because I'm connecting with my source. And when I do that, the answers that I need come right through. Mm -hmm. And I know then intuitively what choices to make, how to guide my family, how to support my, my partner, Right. Intuitively, I know those things because I've taken that time that I needed to to reground, to ground myself and to connect. That's so great. Yeah. That makes me think of also, too, like what could have gone wrong over the past few decades around just men and women not understanding each other. And I think a lot of times as women, we want to please. And sometimes we lose ourselves in the needs and desires of the masculine. We want to make everything work for him. And so what you're speaking to is a lot of times we'll lose our, not only quiet time, but like our own passion and our own things that we're interested in. And we forget that the quiet time that's there for him to process his emotions and to process all of the things he's up to is the same exact quiet time that we're meant to use to do our thing that has nothing to do with him. That builds confidence too. Yeah, so much is coming up there. Ah, My my thoughts are going quicker than my mouth. I'm trying to process it to say everything. That's another part of femininity that I'm realizing is I don't have the words for half the things that I'm feeling. Oh, that's interesting. No, I've got too many words. (laughs) (laughs) All the words, I've got a lot of words. They're coming too fast. Oh, goodness. Um, You know, I think I like totally lost my train of thought. Where were we with that? Say it again. What was the last piece of it? Having like a direct line to your passion, your purpose. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Connecting to yourself and not losing yourself in the media. I'll tell you, women are more empathetic as a rule, as a general rule Mm -hmm. than men. And so empaths, uh, we... I'm an empath and I literally can feel my partner. Sometimes I don't even need to be with him. It's like a puppy. It's crazy. Like I can just feel 
I feel his energy, right? And so we just are very empathetic and empathic as a rule. And so that's why having your own space and doing your own thing is so all the more necessary. Because if you don't, you're gonna just, I don't even know, you're gonna naturally sort of begin to morph into a version of yourself that you don't recognize that is just a mirror for your partner which is not the vibe and PS it's not sexy at all. It is not hot. <laughs> no way. This is right? amazing. This also makes me think of the thing people like to say, you know, like men, why do men love bitches and women love assholes? Yep. I like, let me debunk that right now. Like neither is true. Both like confident, direct people that speak their mind and speak what's on their heart, like in the moment, and they do their own thing and they're and just have like, their own lives. Yeah. That's what people, especially, it's like men don't like bitchy women. Men just like would rather deal with slight rudeness. But if it's direct, that's better for them than just like this mushy, wishy washy like person that is like trying to please all the time. Yeah, because ultimately, it, yeah, it, it's not attractive. Yeah. And it isn't really about being bitchy. It's about holding your boundaries. Yep, absolutely. And it's about like, that's what men want because they want to prove. Yeah. Right? The proving energy is a masculine energy. Absolutely. That's why birds do a dance for their partner birds, right? The female birds. The male birds do this crazy, insane mating dance. There was something on some, some Instagram <laughs> post that had me dying. The Upworthy it had me dying. It was so cute. But like, that's what men are meant to do. They're yep. meant to prove. That's, that's the vibe. So if you're not making anything a challenge, if you're not giving them an opportunity to show up in their highest selves mm. as their best the best version of themselves mm. then what are we doing what is like what are we doing anyways who are we being totally i mean if that's the highest version of men which i know to be true that it is then why would a man want to keep giving of himself if you're just trying to prove yourself in order to compete with him it's like it's nuanced but it comes through as competition and uh, like that's a hunter doesn't want to have sex with another hunter. Yeah. You know, I know. I'm polarity in that. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of the terms that I'm just, I've always known that term, totally. but I've never really understood it as it pertains to the masculine and feminine. So if any of you are listening right now and you're thinking about, you know, how this might play out in your relationship or the relationship you'd like to create in your life, yeah. particularly in your romantic relationships, look up polarity as it pertain as it relates to masculine and feminine a man needs his counterpart not his exact he doesn't need his like a duplicate of himself he needs his counterpart counter being like the key part of that <laughs> word and as a woman i don't want another version of myself i a man who feels totally different than me right so I used to make that mistake, Anya, where I literally, I've had people tell me, well, he's not you. Like, it's not that he's not compassionate, but are you having an expectation that he show up for you like another woman? Like, he's not your homegirl. Mm. He's your man. <laughs> totally different. Totally different. And I was judging men in multiple relationships, right? In, in multiple relationships that I've been in in the past, judging those men for not showing up for me in a very specific way. But guess what that way was when it comes down to it? The mm. way a woman would show up for me. 100%. Right? Polarity is really important. Yeah. Polarity is really important. Polarity is just a quick little example. Like, no shade. But like, if I have a problem that needs to be fixed right now, I'm not calling a female friend. Yeah. I'm not. It's going to be more chaotic. It's going to be more intense. But a man will calmly handle the situation very differently than a woman would. Yeah, you know, I'll 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 give a story. First <laughs> date I went on with someone. I will not name names. I texted and I said we were going to meet at a restaurant. I mean, I trusted this person, but we're going to meet at a restaurant. And he was like, "Well, whatever restaurant you want to go to, we can go to this place or wherever you want to go." And I said, "Well, I I need your muscles." He said, I need your muscles, actually. So uh, here's the address. If you need more information, let me know. Otherwise, I'll see you at 430. On my life, he replied, okay. 
He didn't ask me what I needed, how long it was going to take, what the items were, was it going to be, what the temperature <laughs> was, what, how long, none of that. And you know, if it was a girlfriend, I had done that too. I mean, if one of my girlfriends had asked me to do that, you yeah. already know the number of questions I would have asked. <laughs> there would be 18 questions. Questions, girl. And then I might still say no. <laughs> but that's like such a good example. He literally replied, okay, before the day, rolled right up. And I said, I need those two boxes moved to this area. He was like, no problem. Was he showing off? Maybe because it was a first date, but he didn't. Who cares? Who cares? Oh my God. Thank you, Anya. (laughs) Who cares? Who cares? (laughs) Who cares? That's totally a masculine thing to do, like to show off. It shows how much I can do for you, how I can provide for you, how I can protect you, how I can show up for you. The opposite, as long as it's the compliment, the counterpart, I think it's so, oh, and I would love for you to get into now because I think this is very key. This idea of men having three spaces that they live in and how, what those are and kind of what's happening when we don't allow them to live in the space that they most often want to be in. Um, so I would love for you to give me what those three spaces are. I just want to make sure we are on the same page. <laughs> I love it. So men have three modes essentially, right? They have problem solver, fixer, doer, useful, I got you, generosity. That's one big chunk. And I would actually say that probably would make up 50% of who they are. And then they have two other spaces that they occupy. I guess a quarter would be the predator, which is like, I'm going to go after you. I'm going to like court you. Like I want that warrior one energy. And then the third space is the nothingness state, the relaxer. The relaxing. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Because like as women, we have diffused awareness. So we are multitaskers but we're never like obsessively hardcore focused on one thing the way that they are. We are able to balance multiple things and we don't need that like airplane mode time as much as they do because they're so focused on fixing and doing. So they really need to relax um, in, in those moments. So anyway, all that to say, will you kind of share what you learned about that? Yeah. So it's more of an awareness that they have the three areas. Cool. I didn't really know before doing this, this work that I've dived into that men have these three different ways of, I don't know, we can say ways of being or, yeah. or you know, parts of themselves or needs or something. But I want to take this down into the practicality because a lot of this is a little esoteric and big picture sure. themes, right, that we've been talking about. But I hope you're getting nuggets of like how to apply some of this. And for instance, if I'm doing something on my phone, I can hear someone. I can hear them. I can I'm I'm on it. Like, again, this isn't for all men. This isn't for all women. But we've already kind of talked about that. But I can multitask, as you just mentioned, because it's a skill that women have. Yep. When we go back to evolution, it's because we were picking berries or whatever we were doing, gathering, right? And we needed to have attention, some part of our attention to these external forces that could be about, about our survival, right? Like, do we hear something rustling in a bush? Do we need to hide our children? Like, there are all kinds of things like that, right? And so we just have those natural gifts, I think, more so than men do. But I have tested this out a number of times. If a man is doing something and I'm like, honey, like I'm asking him a question or I'm talking about something completely does not hear me. And it isn't, I really believe it is not because they're ignoring. Now, mind you, yeah, there have been moments when they're ignoring, but that's not the norm. This is really just single pointed focus. And when they're in doing an action, let them be in the doing and the action or ask them when is a good time for us to talk about this? Or when is this, when is a good time? Honey, I have to tell you something. Let me know when you're done. Just that simple thing can resolve so many arguments that I have personally had. Then there's the predator mode. So not for nothing. We're not talking about toxic masculinity here. We're not talking about narcissists and abusers. So just a caveat, we are not discussing that in my answer. The predator mode is part of what makes a man 
attractive. It just is. When a guy looks at you from across the room and you know what's up, that's hot. Yes, (laughs) amazing. In predator mode. And for us, we would might call that our dark femininity, right? Our sensuality, our sexuality shows up different. Same kind of thought process, though. So I want you to hear it the same way when you're hearing us say predator. Um, It can also mean his ambition, right? He's in predator mode. He's about to go and do the damn thing in whatever his ambition is. Whatever it takes. Correct. Whatever it takes, he's going to make it happen. This could be in sports. This could be at work. This could be even for you. This could be any number of things. That's the predator mode. And so as a caveat, it's very important for us to know how as women to tap into that because that's an important part of him. And that's where he feels very masculine. It's probably the most masculine area for him outside of like problem solving. Mm -hmm. So that's not a bad thing. Right. We're not talking about, again, narcissists and abusers. We're talking about healthy men. Um, So that's predator mode. Then you have and that's not something to be afraid of, but it is something that can be scary to women who have not honed in their own boundaries. Mm -hmm. So you can be sensing a man is like giving you this predator energy, which is just his own divine masculine sensuality and sexuality being aimed towards you. And at the end of the day, if you have a boundary, an internal boundary, you could shut that right down. Right. But if you haven't honed that, which, again, is a skill and a practice, and we've lost a lot of these practices because our elders were no longer having that sister circle and the red tent and all of this. I'm saying so many things. Hopefully you all are following. But at the end of the day, like we've got to hone in our internal boundaries so we can navigate that. But shutting it down is not the thing to do in this harsh, cold F you, this is toxic masculinity. You're a narcissist way because he's might not be. That yeah. might just be your projection based on what we're seeing in the world and how we see the roles, the gender roles and masculine and feminine roles today. So that yeah. was the second thing. Anything you wanted to say before I get into the relaxation thing? I feel like that's a, sec- a separate bit. I love it. Yeah, I think if... I'm ashamed of my own sexuality or my own body, then I won't be able to receive his predator. I won't be able to stand in, you know, equity with it. I won't be able to use my feminine power in that moment. So that's another thing that I think happens all the time. You're so right. No, continue. So that's the predator. Oh, it's so good. This is, that's, that's a really, really powerful point. So part of that, all of this is, for healing, right? We're sharing this. We're on this podcast right now discussing this. You made, you created this podcast all in the name of healing. And so there are a lot of women and men too, that are listening, that have had a lot of trauma that have had sexual trauma and there's healing that's available. um, But when we don't do the work to heal those things, what we do is we project our fears and our hesitance, trepidation, violence onto other people. Yep. Um, and we see it everywhere too, right? We see that everywhere, even when that's not what's there. Totally. Um, so healing is really important. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. So in terms of the relaxing, you know, I've heard a lot of people call it different things. Some people are like, you know, it's a sit back and chill. Yeah. And I've actually heard, I mean, you brought up the predator thing, but I've heard we can even throw, you know, I, I, I there's gotta be a better word than predator, but let's go with it. Yeah. But like, Predator can actually roll itself right into the action and the problem solving piece, yeah, right? I agree. Single pointed focus. Um, sorry, I just clapped really loudly, y'all, but <laughs> single pointed focus of men. So if that's 50%, the other 50% is sit back and chill. You're going to be able to, as the partner, as the feminine polarity, as the feminine energy, you're going to be able to either support him in being the problem solver or allow him to be the relaxer let's chill Mm -hmm. and i think he needs both sure Mm -hmm. as women get to have all the things all the different ways that we are but the truth is if you continue to do all the things get mad when he doesn't do the thing the exact way that you wanted it done and you continue to obsessively control things. Am I talking to my former self? Of course I am. So don't feel, don't feel shamed, anyone who's listening. But like, if you continue to do that, 
obsessively control, want my way or the highway. You've got to do it at this exact time in this exact way. You know what he's going to do? He's going to hear, she knows how to do this better than I do. He's going to hear, I'm not good enough. He's going to hear, listen, if I just rest and relax and sit back and chill, I'm going to fall back. I'm going to fall back and she's going to get it done. That's literally how my mother raised us, like doing all of the things. Control does not work. Um, You know, and God bless my mother. She's the best mother on the planet and a better nurturer you'll never find. So this isn't to disparage her in any way. This is just to share what I've learned and what I've had to unlearn in order to be able to finally begin to receive support from men everywhere I turn. I am not kidding you, Anya. I can lift my head and I mean, do you need something? (laughs) Can I help you? I'm like, and I don't go, oh my God, I'm so offended that they asked me, can they help me? Because it means, I don't make up a story. It means that I can't do it. Can I lift the suitcase? Yeah, man, I'm really strong. I've lifted a lot of things. (laughs) I got muscles. But like, do I want to and do I have to? Not necessarily. Not only that, do I love to make a man feel good by allowing him to support me? Absolutely. That's a beautiful thing. It's one of the best ways for us to meet one another is for a man to be able to hold us when we need holding and protect us when we need protecting and love us in these divinely masculine ways and for us to give him the opportunity to support us and to love us and to provide for us. That's where we meet in the middle as these two different polar energies. Mm, Beautiful. Very beautifully said. I'm going to share a quick story that will hopefully help that. Yesterday I was at dance class and we were, it was just people learning this Brazilian dance that I do called Zoop. And I had a really cool moment happen where this guy and I were partners in the moment. He was messing up and I just, I didn't say anything. A couple minutes later, he changed and he fixed it. And he goes, why didn't you tell me I was doing it wrong? And I was like, that's not my job. And then later he was like, I'm so intrigued by you. No one has ever said that to me before. Everybody else would always tell me what I'm doing wrong and why and how to fix it. Every woman that I know in my life does this. And I'm so intrigued by you. I just want to talk to you because it's just so different. Like, thank you for doing it differently. I feel excited. Oh, that like touches my heart. Yeah, it it also speaks to me of how badly men want to be loved. And I think of the five love languages, but I'm I'm thinking, I don't know, somehow in the masculine feminine, there are there are needs that the masculine has and ways that they want to be loved. Um, and and yeah, like cherished and honored that's very different from the way that we want to be loved and cherished and honored and one of the beautiful things to do is to let them do them and let them have i've heard this for children too natural consequences i think the natural consequences is a result of these boundaries these unspoken and sometimes spoken but it's just i just mean like not overdoing it, nagging over the top but like these unspoken boundaries that we have you know, if a man transgresses them or transpasses them or attempts to transpass, uh, transgress them, right? Um, or trespass, that's the word I was looking for. If a man does that or makes a mistake in some way, sometimes there's nothing that needs to be said because the result is a natural consequence mm-hmm. and it's going to show up and he's going to, he knows. He knows. He knows. That's the other piece. Men are intuitive too. They feel yeah. it. They're so intuitive, girl. That is just such a really, it's just a really important point to make. I think in this healing work, in this like expression of our differences, all in this big grand effort to understand and to love and to admire, it's like men are so deeply intuitive about femininity. And I think that's something that we really need to talk about real quick. There's one great thing that I have learned. It's that women, our motivation is relationship, connection, and protection. Those three things. Those are, we're motivated by that. And men, they're motivated by results, accuracy, and protection. So it's like 
protection is this gateway. It's the bridge that connects us. And what's so funny is we want relationship and connection so bad, but they want results and accuracy so bad. But like, who are they building shit for? The results and the accuracy are like, what, for themselves? No. For us, for us. They're doing it all for us. Uh, God, I wish I would have learned this sooner. Oh my goodness, (laughs) crazy. But like, right, the results and the accuracy. So for us, it's connection and relationship. And we're not as inclined to be offended if somebody tells us we've done it wrong. I want somebody to tell me because I want to know how to fix it. And I'm not saying that he doesn't want to know if he's done something wrong. Sure, he does. But there's a way in which that can be done, mm-hmm. right? In an honoring that he does care about it. Mm. Right? He cares about it way more than we do. That's like, yeah, that, that lands for me. Oof. You know, one of my favorite little tidbits from, I think it was from the coach from the relationships course. Do you remember her? Uh, Sylvia. Sylvia. This is a Sylvia quote. So she said that because the masculine is so drawn to the radiance of the feminine, He can only hear things that she says in relation to how they come. Basically, let me say this more simply. He hears when she speaks in feminine speak, which means she speaks in feeling. So for example, the lock is broken on the door in the house. Okay. And for two weeks, she's been like, just fix the lock. I need you to fix the lock. Why haven't you fixed the lock? When are you going to fix the lock? I'm so annoyed that you haven't fixed the lock. He can't hear that. But the moment she says, baby, I'm really scared every single night. What can you do to help me not feel scared? This man fixed the lock within two hours. I have an actual story about that. That happened <laughs> like 10 minutes, 10 minutes. I was like, are we safe in here? <laughs> Wait, tell me that full story. You got to speak that full story. We were like, we were, but I, are we, am I, are we safe in here? Because like, I tried to lock the door earlier today and it didn't lock. He's like, it didn't. I'm like, no, girl, you got right out of bed. I was like, it's 11 o'clock at night. Went right and fixed that thing with the quickness. <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing. They really do care about how we feel. Mm-hmm. But, the, but society today, Mm-hmm. will have us, it had me, believing there was something unsafe, wrong, and weak about being vulnerable. And vulnerability is all about feeling how you're feeling and sharing how you're feeling. So it's almost like I feel like in this time, it's the missing link between the sexes in this yeah. modern age because we've been told that feelings are somehow you know, showing our feelings to a man weakens us when really he requires the feelings in order or to know the feelings in order to act on our behalf and to serve us, to support us. And I say serve, I mean like acts of service. I don't mean, you know, pampering me with grapes, but if any, if you know, if you want to, if you want to feed me grapes, I'm available for that. (laughs) That's fine. Beautifully said, and not to be too controversial, but because women have been in this Space of not of being afraid to be vulnerable because we've been told we can't trust men and we got to do it all on our own. We've been telling men we want their feelings, we want their emotions, that the pendulum has swung all the way to the other side. And let me tell you, men are not meant, they don't want to be in their feelings as much as we are. That's not their like natural place to be. So like you were saying before, you wanted like your man to treat you the way that like a girlfriend would treat you. Like there's nothing wrong with a man spending less time than you being emotional. <laughs> That's actually how it's meant to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm going to adjust that a little bit. It's, okay. it, it, you don't mind. It's Please. not that they're not emotional. They just don't express it the way that we do. And I I don't have enough research, you probably know better than I do, how they experience emotion, right? I don't know, I haven't done enough research to say, what's the difference between the way that I experience emotion as a woman and the way a man who's very masculine and is masculine predominantly might experience emotion. But I do know based on results and based on my own experience, we express it differently. Yeah, we, we do. Part of that is our conditioning, I think, too. I think you're right. I think they have just as much emotion, but I guess what I will say 
I'm no expert, but I've been researching and I've been asking a lot of men and the men that I find to be the most safe and that feel the most safe for me, the most in their masculine, they say things like, yeah, I get emotional all the time, but I have a space for that, whether it's on my own or with my male, like, you know, friends or like my men's group, it's not my place to do all that in front of my woman. That's interesting. What I've heard. Um yeah, I, I mean, that that might be totally valid for a lot of men listening yeah. right now. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. There's there probably is a way that they prefer to express or process that emotion. Um, I do think that we are a safe space for men, though. And I do think yeah. it gets. Yeah, it's really important that we be that safe space because there are going to be times Oh, yeah. that they are going to want to share their emotions with you. But it may not be your time, right? It may not be on your time and it may not be in the way that you expect it or want it because you're thinking he's operating the same way you are. It might be when you're not expecting it at all because that's when he feels most safe in that moment. So the opportunity is to always let him know that you are available to yeah. be there for him. Yeah. You know, how was your day? It's just like questions. Men do like questions, totally. not badgered with 50 questions the minute he walks in the door. That's yeah. not effective. Right. But like, you know, later when he comes to you and he sort of initiates and you can tell he's chill, maybe then you're asking him the question, how was your day? You know, what's been going on with you? How have you been lately? And then yeah. you just ask those, you just get curious in those moments and you let him know you're safe. Absolutely. Us being a safe space is really important. It's something that I continue to cultivate more and more. And so do you and so do all of us. And we're just learning day one day at a time. But I think you're right. I think that's super key. And I think the distinction maybe is men sharing with us versus men looking to us to solve their problems. Oh, gosh, that's, that's the distinction. distinction. Yeah. Thank you, Anya. Absolutely. Yeah. They're not looking to us to solve the problem. And we tend to, when we're in our overdoing energy, our proving energy, our mm. over-nurturing mother energy, mm. then all of a sudden we want to solve all their problems, which again is not sexy. You're not having sex after that. No, that's not hot. <laughs> like they want to know that you could, but let them come to you and ask you for your opinion, for your advice, and you can share it then. But if they haven't asked, they might not need to know. They might want to solve it on their own. And guess what? Women are real smart. <laughs> I'm not saying men are not smart, but women are real smart. So oftentimes we have a solution. Absolutely. We have a solution. I think men will, all, most men will agree that we have a little more cognitive multi, because we're yes. thinking more things at once. It's not that we're smarter. We just, we just might find the solution quicker because we Correct. have seven, Maybe we're seven thinking Okay. Yes, because we have access to so much more. I mean, in 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 multiple, like yeah, yeah, all the things that you said. Let me not like put my foot in my mouth further. This is, for, this is for the men out there. Like maybe the ego could be. We could relax on the ego a little bit and ask your your you know your counterpart, yeah, you know, your polar energy if yeah. she has the answer for you, right? Yeah. And if she has any input, and just leave it at that. You could take it or leave it. One thing I've also done, um in my relationship more recently is I've said to my partner, I've said, I may not take your advice. So I don't want you to feel bad if I don't, but I really want to know your opinion on this thing. Yes. So that could go both ways. That could be really supportive for a man to ask a woman that, and also for a woman to ask a man. And again, we're using those terms, but this is non-gender specific. I just happen to be using totally. <laughs> that said, yeah, that that really that lands. We don't always need to solve their problems because oh, Anya, I know you have more, but I'm like, I'm just thinking of these three things that I wanted to say really quickly. Sam, Sam, okay, we're, right. I'm ready. So what it is, I when we're when we're trying to problem solve for a man, we're going into this mothering archetype. And as women, we have this mother archetype. We have this dark feminine goddess archetype. And we've got this like sex kitten, sexual energy, you know, archetype. We've got this damsel in distress archetype. All of those are archetypes that combine to make a very like high level, fully whole woman. 
right? And we we can so easily tap into any of those archetypes. And my invitation is for those who are listening and who are exploring their femininity to consider, are you leaning into one archetype or another in a way that doesn't serve you? Or perhaps in a way that serves you, mm. right? Those are a bunch of archetypes I just gave you. The sex kitten, um, mothering, you know, a dark feminine goddess. That's like that power energy, um, damsel in distress. These are all archetypes. They all work when it comes to polarity and working well with the masculine. Reach for them and notice yourself, right? So that you can really embrace your femininity. Mm, I love it beautiful. So I want to jump into, I'd say, so we covered some things we've covered internal inner boundaries versus external boundaries. I love, I love when you talked about that in regards to knowing what you will accept and what you won't accept and not needing to say it, receiving from men, just like how generous men are confidence being the sexiest thing in the world. And then let's talk about the way that men sense femininity, but can't really put words to it. Yes. When you said that I couldn't put words on your, that you couldn't put words on your feelings, it made me think of a lot of men really, they don't have the words for what they're feeling in particular around that. Well, because femininity is so, it's not a show. It's a way of being. It can look like a show, but if it's a show, they know. They know if it's a show. They can feel it. And even if they want to lie to themselves and pretend like it's not a show, they know it's a show. Sometimes they want to lie to themselves. And that's part of it, too. There's like that predator energy and that, you know, the sexy, saucy part of it, that the show is all fabulous. But the being, that inner femininity, it is from, it radiates from the inside out. And it the, the kernel of it is creation the kernel of it is your your connection to godliness like there's nothing more i don't know divine than birthing children like that's in each that's in us right and the kernel of that femininity that they can't put a finger on is grace and and grace to me is peace it's love it's gentleness it's kindness, right? That's the kernel. That's where, and also again, birth, it's strong. It's raging. There's nothing more powerful. It's right? powerful. Life force of its own. When you are doing the work to unpack your trauma, to heal your wounds, to deepen your love for yourself, to meet yourself in the mirror face to face and give yourself the love you've been trying to cling to this man for, you become the most powerful being. Your femininity shines through, you grow in it. It's like a flower. I get so like over the top with this, (laughs) but it's like a flower. And like, he is so attracted to that. There's nothing more beautiful. There's nothing more safe. And there's nothing that you wouldn't F with like less, right? Because femininity, we have the power to cut it off. Yeah. For the ones that decide. They come and they provide and they show off for us and they show us what they got. And we ultimately say yes or no. Yeah. And they know that. They know that. And they want to sit in that actually, in that workshop, I'm remembering that um, one of the things that was discussed was Men don't need to talk to us. They just want us near. They just want to know that we're safe yeah. and that we love them, that we are near them and that we are happy. Nothing makes him feel better. So like he could be watching whatever sports thing and he might say, honey, where are you? They just want to know that you're near and yeah. that you are good. And that's an unspoken thing. That's the divine feminine. That's what femininity is. Oof. There was a meme that came that came up like last week that was like, why is it so damn sexy when he says he's going to go run errands and asks if you want to come with? <laughs> and it's like that. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go do this thing. Do you want to come? Well, why do you want me to come? You can go yourself. Well, because it's way more fun with your energy present. Just That's- to be. 
It's so funny. And you're so right about that. It makes me laugh. And I remember uh, listening to an Alison Armstrong workshop too. And she was just talking about some, like, just uh, asking the guys, like polling the guys in the audience, like, guys, which would be better for you if uh, you're on a date and she was asking you lots of questions about yourself or she was pretty silent and just like was smiling and seemed happy. They were like the second one, the second one. <laughs> <laughs> that annoys me. I'm still breathing into that. So, so the listeners know there's a lot of growing that I'm doing. Yeah. I am no expert on femininity. I'm learning as I go. And that's yep. why it's going to be so much fun for us to have this conversation because it's an exploration which is and a discovery but it's so beautiful. I'm just learning. Like, I'm always like, well, why don't they ask questions? Like why? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't understand. He's saying he loves me, but he doesn't know me. Like why <laughs> did he just ask a question? Like, well, or he not love me. I'm being dramatic here. Right. Cause I'm a yeah. Leona. But like, he's saying he's so into me and I can tell, you know, you can tell when someone yeah. really getting into you and yeah. you just tell, and I'm just like, well, he doesn't even know me, but it's not that. It's not, it's not the talking, it's the energy. It's who you're being and your energy gives him permission to be who he is. Yeah. And there's nothing more compelling for a man. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. You had asked me earlier too, something around like, how is it possible that men are usually the ones that are like, falling in love, love at first sight, right? Like, oh I my gosh. Her, yeah, <laughs> I saw her from across the room and then like I had to, and then I, I spent five months like, you know, getting in with her and then, you know, finally it all worked out. She decided to go on a date with me. Maybe this is like a 1960s statement, but it's relevant today too. Maybe not like that, but this idea of energy. And you were like, does that make sense? Because I need to know a man before... Like I can say that I'm really into him. And I think it really does make sense because we are looking for stability and provision, safety, and that takes time. That takes time. But they're looking for radiance and warmth and power and energy. That's pretty instant. It's like, you know, or you don't. I think you're a hundred percent right. And I think, I mean, we maybe we'll go to another podcast on this one. Cause I was totally. just about to go into like commitment and what that looks like. And I, I really do believe a man knows. Yeah. I believe it was so early on yeah. and yeah, I just, I, I agree with you. I think that they really do know. It may take a bit for him to come to that conclusion on his own and get on board, but I do believe a man either knows or doesn't know. And so that's where you've also got to work in yourself to be good with you to be yeah. owning your own energy so that you can allow him to make the decisions that he makes and trust believe him when he shows you what he's thinking believe him you know because he knows i love that that's a beautiful i think that's a beautiful way to end one of the things i know about men and women is that men are really hardline about deal breakers and women are not and so, and that's why sometimes it takes men longer to commit because they're just like, this is who she is. I don't want, I would never, like, they don't want to ever change anything about themselves. So they, they look at a woman and they're like, I, I would never change anything about her. Right. Meanwhile, so women, yeah. yeah. So, so when they know, they know, and they don't really need much convincing. Whereas with women, we're just, we're, we see it a little bit differently, right? Like we're, we're seeing the whole picture. And anyway, the point is, is that, yeah, I think this has been a huge lesson for me. I straight up, like before I started healing my wounds and before I've been here, like really learning about what femininity is versus what it's not all the like pink dresses and pretty nails and all the yep. crap that yep. it's not. Yeah. A boy um, in, in a woman's body, like yeah. a man in a woman's body, like totally, for sure. totally. I didn't understand all of that. I, I just didn't understand what radiance and confidence and peace does. I was just like overthinking, overthinking, overthinking all the time. Yeah, the overthinking is not the vibe. The being, wow. uh, the clarity that you find in your own intuitive knowing. 
yeah. is the vibe, the strength that you find in yourself when you love yourself over and over and over again is the vibe. The boundaries that you hold both verbally and non-verbally are the vibe, not the overthinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all that starts with inner child work. hundred percent starts with inner child work and healing work, healing those wounds. 100% for sure. Magali, I think people have gotten so many nuggets, so many anecdotes, so many little stories. I think this episode is just going to be really telling around just how we can understand each other better. I'm so grateful to you for being here. Oh, it's so good. So excited to be here. Yeah, it's always a blast with you. I am very excited about the work that we're doing at my company, uh, Workplace Catalyst. And There is a series, a mini series coming out, which I'm very excited about on October 12th. So please head over to MagaliRenee.com or you can find me on Instagram, on the gram or on LinkedIn, uh, Magali underscore Renee. And uh, yeah, keep keep abreast, keep apprised uh, of all of the developments and can't wait to launch that show. And I'm not even saying the name yet. It's all a surprise. October 12th. I'm going to put all your links down below in the episode. So everybody listening, you'll be able to just easily tap and go again. It's just been a pleasure. I adore you. Thank you for being in this work, in this life, in this journey with me. Yes. Thank you, my sister. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys. I hope you've enjoyed it and I will catch you on the next one.